You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Weniger. We're here looking at the ins and outs of what it takes to be a mother who runs ultra marathons. We'll dive in to the challenges mothers face while training and racing ultras as we share and hear stories of motherhood and life from the trails. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to women who are balancing life with kids and all the miles. It's no easy task. We know what goes on behind the scenes while a mom prepares for a long run or race day. Sick kids, lack of sleep, low energy, minimal time, mom guilt, etc. But women keep showing up again and again to run, take care of themselves, and show this sport new levels of strength and grit. We want to be here to celebrate and inspire each other to run hard, find our inner mom strength, and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. Today we have on Ashley Nordell, a super awesome runner from Sisters, Oregon. But before we get into that, Steph, what is going on in your life today? It's been good. I have been doing, you know, my split runs like I have been uh, a lot lately. But I've also been doing a lot of, like I've been getting up at like three in the morning and working on things and then I run and then I get ready for work and then I work and then I come home and take care of my kids and put them to bed and then I'll run again and then work. And I feel like I've just been like, there's been no downtime. Oh my gosh. I know. Steph. I know. I'm getting really tired. But um, yeah, you are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be fine. But um, it's fine. Every fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, She's uh, just hyperventilating. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's been, I I don't know. My race that I was supposed to do, my 50K that I was supposed to do in September, they sent an email that now it's virtual. And so when we go up, um, we're taking a week up north. And I'll just do it up there because it's like 40 miles south or 40 minutes south of our cabin. So I'm going to go to the actual location and they have the GPS file. So I'll just follow that and it'll be fun, but not exactly like what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. So I'm jealous that you get to actually race. I wish I could, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. I still train. I'm going to train for like I have the 50K because I am going to do the 50K. Yeah. So which is great. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Yeah keep you on your training track. Yeah. For sure. Um, but okay, so Steph, you need to rest. I know. How Last- I mean, how you're getting up at 3 a.m.? Your your recovery. I mean, you need that sleep. I know. That's a lot. So, That's a lot on your plate. The weekends I'll sleep in until my kids okay. get up. Okay. Um, and then I just run either during nap time or I'll go out after they wake up and Aaron wakes up if he's home. So mm-hmm. But yeah, Yeah. it's just during the week I'm grinding, but yeah, doing all the things. Mm -hmm. I set my coffee maker for 305, so we're good. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that's hard to wake up that early. Yeah. But good job. But it is a nice, quiet household, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I do love getting up early, just not that early. It is pretty early. before 5 a.m., it makes me kind of nervous. Like, I don't sleep as well the night before because I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to get up. But 
Anyway. Well, at least it's like my own thing. Like yeah. I know it's not like I have to get things done by that point, but yeah. yeah. Okay. It's my and own some energy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what about you? What's going on with you? Well, so, um, we're still in Idaho in our little cabin, um, have been really enjoying just kind of the, the peacefulness around here. And, um, I mean, last night, for example, uh, Chase had a, like a video call thing that he was on and the kids were in bed. And so I went out and it was dark. It was probably like nine 45, almost 10, which is pretty late, but for me anyway, um, I went out to the hot tub and it was so nice. I, well, a, it's just so nice to have a hot tub. I mean, that mm-hmm. is not a daily oh, life yeah. thing that I privilege that I usually have. <laughs> and so I just was sitting in the hot tub and w- listening to owls mm-hmm. um, and then watching bats fly overhead. And there were just tons of bats. It was so cool. <laughs> and um, I don't know. So I'm just really enjoying like the little things about kind of cabin life. Like I made a peach crisp uh, last week yeah. and eating that with vanilla ice cream. It was just, oh, and you, it's just so good. It's hard to describe. And I know. I'm, not doing well with that, but it's just peaceful. So I'm really thankful for that. And, and my running has been feeling really good because you just naturally get really strong when you run uphill and downhill every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a natural way to get your legs strong and they feel tired. They've, they've felt tired since we got to Idaho in the best way, because it's like, they are working and it's just, I feel, I feel pretty good. good. I feel, I'm glad. feel alive. Yeah. yeah. So. I did have one positive. Um, the other night, sorry, I'm going to go back to myself because you were talking That's about okay. family time. Um, Joanna. So we put Amelia to bed. We got home late and we put Amelia to bed and Erin was getting Joanna in her jammies and uh, pull up and, and she goes, you lay down with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll lay down with you. And she goes, Daddy, you lay down with me? And he's like, yeah, I'll lay down. Normally, she only wants me. And she, um, we were on either side of her, and she put her arms, like, around our heads and, like, squeezed us in. And we were just, like, sitting there looking at each other as she was, like, giving us a hug. And she's, she kissed my head, and she goes, I love you, Mommy. And then she kissed Aaron, and she's like, I love you, Daddy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was, like, the sweetest thing. Mm, that is so sweet. It just made my heart so happy. And those yeah. little moments just need I to, know. like, cherish everything. Oh, I know. I know. It's It makes all the, the hard work and the stress and the fatigue and the training while doing everything else and the work yeah. and everything. It makes it worth yeah. it. Yeah, it does. I know. Those tiny little moments. So sweet. Well, yeah. on the other side of things, this morning I gave Bellin a kiss on the cheek. And she said, oh, gosh, what did she say? She said, yuck, don't touch me. <laughs> I was like, aw. I mean, she's usually actually, she is more of our snuggler. So yeah. it's rare. But she also gets her sass yeah, going. I know. Well, Joanna, the other night, I go, I'm going to love you forever and ever. And she goes, I'm not going to love you forever and ever. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Joanna. I said, fine, if you're not going to love me, but I'm going to still love you. So good night. <laughs> like this is, you know, two nights before this lobby. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I know. It's crazy. Been down. I know. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what oh, is your favorite thing this week? Okay. My favorite thing is it's called Infinite Cold Brew Performance Coffee. So I get it from the feed and it is a powder and I mix it with milk and it has um, 20 grams of protein and it's a cold brew coffee. And then it has less than 10 grams of sugar. And it's so good, especially with my 3 a.m. wake up. I'll mix this and then I'll work for a while and then I'll go run. And it's just like a perfect pick me up. It has the protein I need before my run. It's just it's so good. So that is really interesting. So it's designed to be a fuel for athletes, I assume. Yes. Yep, it is. Yep. So it has coffee has caffeine in it. And then it also has like the 20 grams of protein, which is super nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's really good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great after a run too. Oh yeah, for sure. What about you? What's your favorite thing? Well, so my favorite thing isn't necessarily a thing. I mean, it's kind of a thing, but it's more a place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So lately, because we're staying at this resort. We have access to a gym. And so I've really been enjoying having the ability to do stronger or um, heavy weights. And I think that that's a really good, we're, we're trying to build up our mileage and we're doing of course, a lot of trails and trail running, which is strengthening us in a lot of good ways. But I do think there's you know, we're always talking about how strength training is really important, even though we don't always like to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's not always very convenient, but it is convenient here. So I guess that's kind of my favorite thing because I'm actually going to the gym and lifting weights and trying to do heavier weightlifting. Um, Not like anything too crazy, but I think it's been a good, good, yeah, a good addition to our to like my trail running. So I I just kind of like a reminder to like go to the gym sometimes because it really does help. And, and I'm just feeling really strong and and really good. If people, if the gyms are still closed, which I don't know if they are, I think some places they're closing again, but um, I really like fitness blender. It's a husband and wife couple and they have free videos on YouTube. And so you can do some strength training on YouTube. Okay, you can't get enough. to a gym. Right. But right. Nice and I actually that... forgot about gyms closing again. I don't know no, it's okay. if they all are. But no, I, I don't. I mean, they're still open here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And this some southern states. Small. It's like, well, yeah, there's going to be like maybe another person in there, maybe. Yeah. But if and so if there isn't anybody, um, you don't have to wear a mask. But they ask that if there's anybody in there you wear your mask, but it's like, you're just lifting weights. So it's not, it's not terrible. It's not like running with a mask. So, yeah. Yeah. No, but I think it's good that you're getting in your strength training, even though you're doing extra training strength on the trails. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then that's another thing is this next weekend I have Elkhorn Crest 50 K in Eastern Oregon. And so I'm just, I'm just saying that I've, I've got that going on. And it's, it's funny good. because we like are only just <laughs> getting our mountain legs under us and then, um, right before a race, but it'll be great. 
Yeah, I'm excited so, for you. Yeah. Well, Nikki will share all about her race experience during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but today's episode, we have mm-hmm. Ashley Nordell. She is a really strong, very inspiring mother runner. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of race wins and FKTs to her name. Um, I think what I most look up to about her, though, is just how she's continued her running as a mom and and how down to earth she is. And uh, she just she shares a lot of great tips on training and racing while having kids using help with community support. And yeah, it's very refreshing. It is. It's. I like that. Um, I mean, even after she said she started doing an ultra when she was, or she did a hundred when she was 23 and she just turned 40. So she's been doing it for 17 years and she's still learning. Like after she had her kid, she's like, okay, I went way too hard that first year after having a kid, which I can imagine because she did a 50 miler and then she did Western States and then Leadville and then Leadville. So like, oh, and then a, 100k and then after that other ones thrown so it's in like yeah and, but it's just it's nice to know that you know we can still learn things and that's part of you know this podcast too is we're we want to learn more too and share with the world right like, and her perspective on um she'll share this in the episode is like it actually was probably a gift to mm-hmm. have rest and downtime like during pregnancy and postpartum um i mean if yeah. And it's good to listen to that, like when our bodies need to rest and how it yeah. has helped her maintain um, her, just her running in her life, like the longe- longevity, well, ooh, long, oh. longevity of her running career. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So give it a listen. Yes. Give it a listen. are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Um, do you want to introduce yourself or tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Ashley Nordell and I live in Sisters, Oregon, and I have two girls age nine and almost six. And my husband teaches here at the high school. And up until March or April, I was teaching preschool. And yeah, we're just uh, enjoying the summer life that two teachers get to have the opportunity to have. So after this, we're going up to the lake for the day. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Which one? Yeah, we're going to go up to Three Creeks Lake. Um, we kind of do all the lakes on the weekdays when it's less busy uh, and avoid, avoid a little bit of the tourist crowds. It's kind of crazy in town right now. And um, so we kind of play on the weekdays and hide at home on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, that is the perfect plan because it's nice well, when you can do that, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Have the flexibility. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Guys well, you think- guys know with Ben, I'm sure, too, is pretty zooey right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. So, yep. We're we're normally in Bend. Um, we're actually in Idaho for the summer. Oh, fun. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. We were get, we were supposed to be in Europe, but um, our plans changed because yes. of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I have was a good uh, second best. It totally yeah. is. We're in a little cabin, and it feels like we're kind of escaping the the virus a little bit. So absolutely, yeah, that's, that's the way right. to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I live in southern Minnesota. Oh, where in Minnesota? Um, kind of by New Ulm. You know where that is. Well, my husband's from Minnesota, so we go every summer to Annandale, which is outside of St. Cloud. Oh, okay. Um, it's a cabin on a lake there. So, and that's um, like two hours north of me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love going up, and we'll go up north up to Duluth or north of yeah. Duluth and go to the um, kind of north country. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, well, I love finding more Minnesotans. Yeah. <laughs> next time you're in Minnesota, we should get together and go for a run or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the humidity is a whole other thing that I've experienced in Minnesota that I never yeah. really had to deal with out here. So. Yeah. <laughs> By the it's time right. I start to get used to it, we usually head home and it's back to the, the dry heat. Yeah. We were on Saturday with the humidity. It was 113. Oh, my Here. It, it was awful. It, it, and it just, I find just like all of us, you'll be fine running. And then all of a sudden it just hits and it's like yeah. one second of feeling fine to just kind of like a death march home. Yeah. I, know. I went Ugh. running on gravel roads and I was four miles in and I'm like, this was an awful idea. I found like a little <laughs> sliver of shade and I'm like, I'm just going to sit here for a few minutes. Oh, it's brutal. I know you have to drink so much more water running there. Like you can't even get away with a short run without a water bottle. I feel oh, yeah. like and out here you can kind of get away with that sometimes. Yeah. 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 That Steph talks about that a lot. Like yeah. even carrying your pack, um, yeah. even if it's a shorter run, but just to yeah. make sure you have the water. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our family, we have some family in Wisconsin, so I have a little experience trying to run in the summer in Wisconsin. And oh, I just feel like death every time I try. (laughs) I think that's why Midwest runners are so tough because the Midwest, (laughs) if they can survive those summers, they can survive anything. And the winters. Yeah, that's true, right? You really have 40. (laughs) There you go. You got the extremes and you can handle it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Bend is sounding pretty good right now, but. Right. So, Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about your running? Like, what's your running story? How did you get into running, and then how did you get into ultras? Um, yeah, it's it's sort of an ironic story. So, I, as a kid, I kind of hated running, and it was mostly because my family is all runners. My my dad's actually over here right now, and he's going to go run up Tamrim today, and um, like my youngest sister, my, she's two years younger than me. She was a really good runner growing up. And so, and then I played soccer and all those sports where running is kind of what you do to get in shape or maybe punishment. And I would do track just kind of out of feeling like I should, but it wasn't something I really loved to do. Um, and then in college, I was not playing, I was going to play soccer and then I kind of wimped out right before and didn't go out for it and just kind of miss doing a sport. And by the time I realized that I wished I had done a sport, uh, it was into track season. I think I was just out running and I met the track coach and it kind of evolved from there. And it was just a D3 school. So you can just show up and, and run. And I, I started to get into it and really enjoyed it a lot more in college. And then right out of college, um, 
I went back home for a year before grad school and my parents, a lot of people, I grew up in Cavallis and mm-hmm. it's the Mac Forest 50K is kind of a big one out there for all the, Cavallis has a great group of ultra runners, kind of like some of the longtime classics. And um, so I started to just sort of train for that. Um, I guess I would have been 23 and my, I think my dad was doing it too. So we were training and then, um, so that was my first 50 K and it was terrible and great at the same time, I guess I made all the different rookie mistakes that, um, that one does. I didn't carry water. I didn't carry food and it went out too fast. My dad caught me and beat me at the end. And, um, but yeah, it was kind of a big cycle from there. I, from, that first 50k, um, that would have been May, like by the next June, um, I did Western States. So it was in like a year of going 50k oh, to 100. And it wasn't pretty at all, like Western States. Um, I just found some old pictures. I mean, I, I finished the last 30 miles with bags of ice duct tape to my knees. And oh, my, my good friend, Sean Meisner, was pacing me. And he tells like just terrible stories. I mean, I guess he ran up to my parents at mile. 93 and he runs up to him and he's like I don't think anything's permanent like don't say anything (laughs) (laughs) she'll make it out of it alive yeah it's like she'll be alive might not look very uh, nice right now but yeah so and then I kind of dealt with just the too much too soon and kind of a a few years of some injuries um but yeah so I kind of jumped into the ultra scene early sort of before it was a thing like before you could really you know, there weren't a whole lot of young people in the sport. Chrissy Mayo, I would look up to and Darcy. And but it was sort of before Facebook and social media. So you didn't really have ways to connect with other runners. So I would run a lot with my dad's friends or I went back down to Southern California for graduate school. And I met a group of runners up in the high desert and they were, you know, double to triple my age. And they sort of took me in and mentored and yeah, I have great memories of the early years and just kind of, you know, getting to learn how to do the sport and um, kind of making the mistakes along the way, I guess. So, um, yeah, I know when I think I I don't know when I switched from being like the really young person in the sport to being this year. I just turned 40. So a master's. I like to think of myself as still the young person. In it, but I guess <laughs> I'll look and see ages and it's like suddenly I'm the older one in you know, some of these races. But, yeah, it's been a great, you know, it's sort of the pre-kid era of the ultras and then the young kid era. And now we're kind of getting into the, they're a little bit older. And so, yeah, it's been a, I feel like almost like several different cycles of how the, the training's going, but yeah, it all started, I think due to my parents and um, my dad still does ultras too. And he'll go and join friends and go run around the mountains here and everything. So um, I, I have a good, like when I go home to Corvallis or when he comes out here, we'll run together and my mom runs too. So That's it's awesome. a family thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> like in the end, I couldn't escape it, I guess. It just kept coming back. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think that's I incredible. It's kind of fun to hear that from your perspective, because then all of our kids are growing up with okay. guys that are ultra okay. runners. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's just kind of funny to hear about that. Yeah, what, I think, for, for, think. <laughs> for me, it, it ended up, I think why I switched to really liking it in college was it kind of became my choice to run versus, you know, running to stay fit for another sport or just feeling maybe obligated to to do running. So in college, I was away from 
just the whole, like my, my younger sister was so good. I, I'm looking back now, I can reflect and probably think that it was probably due to her being faster that I also didn't enjoy it. And so, and I just met a good group of friends in college with running. And so that kind of started it all too. Yeah. And so does your sister run ultras or is she like, no, she, she was a, yeah. So she did, you know, like I think when she was eight or nine, she joined like a little club and they would do, you know, the 5k and she ran really in high school. And then she ran for a year um, in Colorado on a scholarship and then just kind of got burned out of the competitive running. I think when you start really young, that's sometimes kind of the case. And so she runs now, she lives in Florida and she runs, um, she, my husband, so my husband coaches cross country and my he was joking because my sister's um, coach is actually a coach now for the rival team that my husband coaches against. So <laughs> they were still within the same group, but um, yeah, she runs for fun. And if she comes, if she comes out and visits, she still can kick, you know, she can take me out on a run. <laughs> we just have to go far enough and then I'm okay. But yeah. <laughs> I think I'll be huffing and puffing. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's some, it's like a lifelong sport, you know, you can do it at any capacity. It doesn't necessarily have to be something you do competitively and yeah. it's, it's enjoyable at any level. Yeah. Well, and you had mentioned that, um, you had kind of gotten injured jumping into it so fast, but you seem yeah. to have learned how to make it a long time activity because you've yeah. been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a way I almost felt like having kids sort of helped that longevity because I find unless, you know, we're injured, a lot of times we don't take that downtime that we need. Um, or at least personally, I'll, it's hard for me to take an off season. I kind of naturally take one in the fall when it's cross country season, but it's just, you kind of want to go, go, go. And, you know, those next races come up, especially when I was younger and I just had that, I guess you can bounce back a lot faster, but I also had a hard time saying no to anything that sounded fun. And, um, and then when I had my oldest, who's nine, when I got pregnant with her, I could only run through about half of my pregnancy. And I always envisioned myself being that one who's, you know, eight months pregnant and running and um, yes. bouncing right back. And it ended up not being at all how I imagined. And I look back now and I actually feel like that was a great sort of reset for my body. It gave me some kind of forced downtime. Um, so it kind of broke up this like constantly training. And then once I had kids, I trained so differently because it was, you didn't have all day long, you know, as often before kids, it was like, I was a teacher. My husband was a teacher. So summers, we just would play in the mountains all day and and never really, you know, it was, we had to get home to get the dog or it wasn't the same responsibilities. And so once we had the girls, um, it became a lot more kind of quality versus quantity and it changed the style of how I trained and I think that probably helped too with the longevity because I don't you know yesterday I got my husband I kind of take turns and yesterday I had a chance to kind of get out in the mountains and I had the day to do that but it's we kind of plan those out and they're every once in a while versus like the normal that's how we spend our days um so yeah I honestly think that that sort of helped with the longevity because it's changed how I approach it and then I also had with both girls kind of some downtime between you know, any kind of training. Yeah. I love that. Thank I, you. I love your perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I probably wasn't so positive about it at the time, you know, I, I really yeah. wanted to be like out running, but yeah, with both of them, I wasn't able to run past about um, 20 weeks. And so I would just walk, I could walk with both of them and, 
um, with my oldest, we cross country ski a little bit and it kind of makes you do some other sports or just other ways of staying active, what maybe like just normal activity versus this extreme activity that ultras seem to cater to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and just like the time it takes, like right now yeah. I have a two and a half year old and a one year old. And so it's like, they take so much energy that you Absolutely. only have like a certain amount of energy that I can put towards running, but yeah, kind of give you a little bit of that break. It's so true. And I, you know, I think as they got older, I, I would get over that. Like when they were young, that mom guilt for sure yeah. kicked in. I almost had to sign up for a few races because that was one way to force myself to stick with the whole long run. Because I feel like if it was just a training run, I would sometimes cut it short just because I felt like I had to get back yeah. and it's gotten better as they've gotten older. Um, but that was sort of just learning how to allow yourself to have some of that time. It was hard to at first. And we, my husband's great. Cause when they were little, like he'd meet me at trailheads and I would nurse and then keep going or get to see him or we'd all have a picnic and then I'd go, or we still do trailhead swaps quite often as a way to kind of get things in because um, then it kind of includes the whole family. Like one of us will start at home and run, somewhere cool and then the other will bring the kids and we'll all meet we'll have a picnic we'll go hiking and the other one will run home or bike home or something like that so it kind of it sort of involves the whole family and then you for me it lessens the guilt a little because I know they'll be out there we'll hang out and and um yeah it just kind of a way to make it work because he trains for things too so it's definitely finding that balance where he can get his time I get my time but we also have the whole family time Um, that's so smart and and the kids are outside and they're still on an adventure so yeah yeah you know like you're just leaving home exactly and we you know even when they were little we would kind of do little trailhead swaps where I would run with a friend and then you know Josh and his friend would meet us at a trailhead and then they would go do something and we would take the kid or kids and um yeah, I find it like today when we go up to the lake, um, Josh wants to go for a run up there. So I'll have the girls at the lake and then he can go for a run. And then um, like yesterday, when I finally got back from our adventure, he had we got we set up an outside um, screen and a projector. So we do outside movies. And so oh, we all had dinner outside and then we camped out in our little pop up camper. And so I got really good food when I was done, although it took my my stomach kind of got funny because it was hot out yesterday. So it took a while to settle. But once I cut, it was like then we had some of that kind of fun family time and they went swimming. And um, yeah, it takes, you know, we kind of if we plan it out and we know that we'll have some time, you know, somewhere out there and then the other ones we kind of squeeze in when we can and, and make it work. Yeah. I'm sure all moms kind of figure out how to do that little, you know, how to make, take advantage of the hours that you have maybe. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And yeah. be really creative. And, and then it just, everything, it works so different for everybody depending on where they live and the season of life with the kids. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's I think tough. where you live is a great point because I feel really lucky. I mean, we live out in the woods. And so I'm sure if we lived in a city, this wouldn't work the same way. Because um, we can, you know, we can put my oldest on a bike and then I can push the younger one in a stroller and we can run to town all on dirt roads. And that's probably something that I'd be able to do if we live somewhere busy with traffic or mm-hmm. we probably couldn't do these trailhead swaps from home. But we luckily live somewhere where we can run from home and get to like, we can run from our house to the Metolius river and do it all on trails. And so it's yeah. a great, like that's a fun place to bring kids. There's no traffic. Um, so I'm super fortunate by where we live too. And 
And then the fact that we have family close by helps too. So all those factors definitely, you know, make it a lot easier on us to make it all fit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And so I'm kind of curious about like going back to the mom guilt and I mean, like swapping with your husband, that's a good way to decrease the guilt, but it's like, how, how was it, um, like the races, signing up for races after you, you had kids was a good way to like get yourself back in to the sport, I guess. But what was it like? Did you still feel the mom guilt when you were racing or what was it like coming back after having your kids? Yeah, that, no, that's a great question. Um, my When we first just had my oldest, Raya, she actually came, I think, to every race for the first few years. Um, and that definitely helped because she'd be there. And so then it's not this drive time away. Um, I remember when she was I think she would have been nine months. I had signed up for Leona Divide, which is down in California. And I mostly signed up for it because that's where I used to live. And I had friends. And one of my really good girlfriends down there said, if I bring her, she'll watch her during the race. And then we can have like a little girls, girls, we could plus baby kind of. And I remember right before kind of almost making this ultimatum to myself, like I was feeling really stressed that I hadn't been able to run like what I envisioned being what I used to train. And this was my first um, like 50 mile or back after kids. And I thought I didn't know if I could go into it and kind of turn off that competitive side and just run it for, for fun. And and I didn't know how it would go on the kind of training. And then it ended up being one of those kind of great races where it felt amazing. And it was a great way for me to see that maybe I don't have to train long, long days in the mountains to to still be able to do the sport. And yeah. um, and so, you know, it was like we I was able to bring her there. So she was there at the start and finish. And then the race went better than I was envisioning. So it was kind of like I had thought in my head that Leona might be the last race I do for a while. And then it just kind of it switched it and made it me see that I could do them both. Um and just do it differently, you know, do like we I said before, like definitely more specific training and not not so much of the extra stuff. Um, but having her at the races um, was I, I felt like I could see her out there. I wasn't traveling away from her. She that year we did um, Leadville. So we camped for with like a 15 month old for three weeks in Leadville. And oh I swear God. she had the most fun because it was like she didn't care about the weather. It was just like, you know, playing in the lakes. And um, so we, we did like, we basically kept our, our fun summer lifestyle with a, a kid in it. So I think they think it's sort of normal to go and camp all summer or hang out at, at races. And um, that definitely helped. I, I don't know that I would have been able to maybe do it mentally if I was traveling and she wasn't traveling. So Again, I'm just lucky that I've got a supportive family that's willing to bring kids to races. And, um, and yeah, I mean, as far as the training would go, there's, I mean, I say there's still mom guilt. Like my adventure yesterday took a little bit longer than thought. And and I, you know, I'd start to to stress and worry and then I get home and everything's fine. It's just Mm -hmm. sort of more in my head, I think, you know, than, than it being a factor. I mean, my husband's super supportive. He's not stressed. The kids are having fun. They're not stressed. I'm the one stressing that I'm gone longer. And <laughs> totally. no one really cared when I came back. It was all fun. And like, I'm I'm I, made it. So I made up for it. <laughs> but I totally I, can relate to it. And I think that when they were younger, it definitely was 
Well, especially when, I mean, when they're really young and like you're their food source too, sometimes like that's <laughs> yeah, a, yes. that was a hard one to, to figure out. And that I would worry about if I'm gone, because if she's hungry, like what's anyone going to do? And that would probably have been my biggest, like early on challenge was, was figuring out how to make that all work out. And so would you, would you pump so that your husband would have milk? Yeah. Yeah, we would. But it's like my, I think it was my second daughter just didn't do a bottle for so long. So it would be shorter runs, you know, and then come back and maybe do a second one. Um, you know, I have like this, uh, now I can look back and laugh at it. But when I had um, my oldest and she was only three months, I was pacing my good friend, Darla Askew at Waldo. And everyone had said, you'll be fine. You know, she'll have already run 30 some miles. And I had talked to Jen Benner, seen that Jen would um, bring a pump at races and pump while running. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll carry it in my pack. And somewhere along the way with Darla, I'll, I'll like do it. It just, I hadn't practiced, but I figured I could figure it out along the way. And it was terrible. It was, it was a golden ticket race. So she's like pushing for, uh, you know, a ticket and I'm, by about mile seven, almost kind of dying. Like this is by far the longest that I've run in, in, I don't know, a year or something. And, and then I remember she was doing an out and back to the top of a peak. I'm like, well, I'm going to stay in the bushes and I'll pump. And then when you come back, I'll catch on with you. And I couldn't figure out how you're supposed to hold it on and pump at the same time. (laughs) And I just, I could not make it work at all. I learned later there's better pumps than the one that I had, had, you know, stuffed in my pack. And, um, and the whole last bit was just now I'm miserable because I run too far and I can't get the milk to go anywhere. Yeah. And, and she's kicking it in and I'm, I'm that worst pacer who really hopes that she's going to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely been so hard on myself after because we were training partners before and now in my head, I'm like, I can't even keep up and I'm done half yeah. the distance. And then I was gone and it was so neat because I got back to the finish line and I saw my husband and I didn't even see the baby. Like she was being passed around from like person to person, like the whole community took on this baby. And I remember seeing Dave Mackey holding her and he would, he would have no idea who was, but I'm like, my claim to fame now is that Dave Mackey has held my baby. And and it was great. I mean, she was fine. And she was like, people were all sharing her and he was fine. But that whole time I I was out there, I was stressing and I was uncomfortable and, um, and it was, it was too much too soon, but you kind of, sometimes you have to learn that, I guess, by, um, trying it out and realizing it wasn't a good yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dar- and Darla would all, would never say that it was a bad experience, but I, I felt like I was probably the worst pacer ever out there. Oh. You, you were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I can't oh imagine gosh. because that is such an uncomfortable feeling when, it's very kind of panicky feeling mm-hmm. when you don't feel like, like you don't have your pump with you or a, the baby with you and yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's stressful. It, it yes, is. It's hard. There's been many uh, experiences that have gone south pretty quickly from that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, I would say that's for sure. One of the biggest early challenges is, is figuring out how to make all that kind of work. And yeah. that's how it'd be nice when Josh would drive the girls to trailheads and I could, you know, feed her there and then start again or, or kind of break yeah. it up that way. Yeah. Well, okay. So you ran the Leona divide 50 miler after your first baby. Yeah. And then that went so well, you got a golden ticket to Western States. 
I right? did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, that so- was not planned at all. That was, uh, that was like an, Oh no moment where, how do you turn it down? But there was no way in my head mentally that I thought I was ready to run a hundred by June. And I was already planning on doing um, Leadville. So I can look back later and say that year was way too much. The year went really well, but the year after was terrible. And I, oh, I think it was doing too much too soon, but I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like the kind of that year after I felt great for a span. I kind of felt like the time I was nursing, I had this extra energy. I know people go either way, like some really struggled while they're nursing, but I felt like I had a great year and I wish I could bottle it all up and keep it forever because then it doesn't last, but it was, it was like a great year, but I did too, a little, like too much too soon that year. Um, But it was a fun year while it lasted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so how did you do, um, I mean, how did you do the hundred milers? Western States and Leadville, like with such a young baby, how did, how did you do that? Um, (laughs) It is. And I, I will say that there is something with dehydration slows some things down for sure. Um, but she was at both the races. So I had like Josh had her aid stations if I did need to feed her. Um, and I think though, for me, I remember, I don't remember if I did at those races. I know it would get uncomfortable. I kind of also learned a little bit how to hand pump along the way a little more discreetly than using okay. the, the actual pump pump. I would just kind of do it myself. But um, it does. I mean, the longer you go for me as I got dehydrated, it would slow production down. And then I was lucky that when I was done and, and rehydrated, it, it came back because you have you do hear stories where that's not the case. So it for me, it did work out OK. Um, I didn't envision myself running a hundred mile or so soon after, like, I think, so June, it would have been, she would have been, um, 13 months at Western States. Um, and that definitely was, was, I, you know, with my second one, I don't, I was not as ready as quickly too. So it, it sort of, you know, changes with your, with your kids. I bounced back faster after my first one than I did after my second. Um, and so that, that helped a little bit too, but like I said, then the next year was, was a real struggle. And I think it was, I did, you know, I did the, the two hundreds and then you get caught up in that, like that kind of like enjoyment of it. And I, I went back in October to California and um, visited some friends and jumped into the Quimac hundred K. And that was like sort of the, that did it. Like that was like the over the top thing. And I could just tell my body felt awful for, yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was definitely much more careful with my second about not over racing and, and doing too much too soon. Cause it, you know, I kind of learned the the hard way that it just it didn't work out the, yeah. you know, it, it, at some point it has like the returns are not as strong as like what you put out for sure. Yeah. And so, how, Oh yeah, go ahead. Steph. Sorry. How did you train or what was your training or what did your training look like for Western with the hundred and your, daughter was only 13 Um, months old. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, I didn't follow a plan or anything. So that gave me some flexibility. Um, I, if, you know, it's, it's been a little while. I know, like I said, with Leona, it was just, it was lower mileage. And then Leona kind of showed me that that was okay. Like it it would still work. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I just used a few races as kind of my long runs. And then I do remember that year, um, going uh for western states like a month before uh darla and i ran the rogue river which is kind of a we've done it a few times where you run 
um, the river trail goes, it's 40 miles along the trail. So you, you run 40 miles and then you stay overnight at this lodge and then you run back the next day, 40 miles. So I know a lot of people did the Western States training weekend. And so that weekend we just did our more local one. Um, and so that was kind of my big, I think I did a few races in that and that was kind of the the training for me and go any, I honestly feel like going into Western States with really low expectations and not even knowing how it was going to go in a way made the race go so much better by taking some of that pressure off because I ran, I ran comfortable and just kind of, I kept, you know, not knowing when those wheels might fall off. And I lucked out, it was the year that it hailed and was cold. And, you know, you only get that every once in like 50 years at Western States. And because yeah. um, I hadn't done any sauna or heat training or anything like right. that. So I just happened to to be lucky. But um, I think that approach actually ended up being super positive for me because I didn't have those expectations. And so when things started to go well, it was like, a bonus versus going in with really high expectations and then not meeting them, which is what happened that next year. So it was, it was actually a really fun race for probably 80% of it. Um, the last 20 are brutal, no matter how you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of low pressure, there's no expectations really on you. I didn't put any really on myself. And then Good. as the day unfolded, it was, it was kind of just, it, went better than I had envisioned. And I, I think I just was able to approach it in a good way. That's I wish I could approach all races like that. I think yeah. I'd enjoy them a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was listening to Trail Runner Nation and one of the, one of the guys said they ran a hundred miler having their longest run be 13 miles. Oh, wow. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, I feel it's one thing I do find with hundreds is it's a great testimony to that your body can do a lot more than you think it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think there's uh, a misconception or, or maybe not, maybe everyone's different, but I feel like people think you have to run 50, 60 mile training runs for a hundred, but typically 20 miles is my good long run. I mean, I might have a race might be an exception or an adventure where I go do something with friends as an adventure. But as far as training runs that I get out for it's rarely over 20 miles um because I feel like in 20 miles if I get up early and I go even right from home I'm back in a few hours and it doesn't impact our family yeah. very much at all um and then there's those exceptions where you do plan an adventure or you have a race and then that's more the exception versus the the rule for us so um 20 miles is a great for me a great distance and for me at least I don't think I have to go much more than that maybe doing a few back-to-backs of 20s where you do them two days in a mm-hmm. row but um, I, I find I recover a lot faster from that than putting out big, long efforts and then having to recover or just feeling guilty because I was gone for so long. So, yeah. um, if I'm, if I'm up before everyone wakes up and, and, and go right from home, it's like I'm back by breakfast time or, or whatnot. And that, that definitely helps too. Um, yeah. you know, that makes yeah. it seem a little bit more attainable that I can do a hundred miler because yeah. I, always, I always picture like having to do these super long, long runs. Right. It's going right. to take me away from my family all the time, yeah. every weekend. Yeah. But, and I feel like then you, then you almost don't enjoy the process because no. you're feeling guilty it, or yeah. there's this pressure to do these. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something I know that I've done differently since kids and, and before. And in a way, I would say a lot of my races are better now than when I, before I had kids. And I think because it's a little more intentional and it's not so much, I'm not just constantly making my body exhausted by these long, 
days. And, you know, I do love a good adventure and doing, you know, out here where we are, there's so many peaks to run around or, or do those things, but then you're doing that more for the fact of an adventure than necessarily as a specific training. It's more just to spend some time outside and, and get to explore while, while there's no snow or, or less snow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. And so how did you, how did you recover from that bad year of like, um, after your good year? Yeah. And what no, did that look like? Well, it's great. Cause then I actually got pregnant short, like, um, my, my girls are three years apart. So I had that, that rough year. And then I feel like shortly after that one, like then the next year I was pregnant. So it was almost like a forced reset button. Um, and now it's easier to look back at and be able to be a lot more reflective because at the time I felt like, well, there must be something wrong. Like I must, uh, you know, I was getting like my iron checked and, and different things and it was low. But I honestly, like if I'm being really honest with myself, I really think it was just too much in a year. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so then I, I had my other daughter and then after her, it's just been I do more self checks where you know, we're going to have those days where you feel really tired on a run and I'll take note of it. But if, if I feel like every run is ending that way, then I know I'm probably doing too much because the warning signs were there after my first um, daughter where I, every run I would cramp up or I wouldn't be able to catch my breath or like my heart rate would be super high. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of dismissed them because you just kind of, I get bullheaded and it's, it, you know, <laughs> you, you have some races that feel great and you want to keep that feeling going and it, it's like this time you have to yourself. And, um, but now it's definitely, especially as I'm older too, I don't recover in the same way that I did, you know, 10 to 20 years ago. So, um, I definitely have to like pull back the reins and I find too, as I'm older, I don't, the races to me, I enjoy races, but I, I prefer almost these adventure runs over the races. And so I, I'm not as likely to over race now as I am, as I was when I was, was younger too. I'm a little more selective. I, I pick something because I want to go somewhere like maybe as a family and then and do it for that. So in a way, I've just kind of pulled back on my own just by not wanting to race as much too. So, um, and you're a sponsored runner, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I run for a rabbit and they have put no pressure. I mean, I'm sure they would prefer you do these big more high caliber races where there's lots of people and I will do those every once in a while just because it's fun to mix it up and do something maybe outside my comfort zone but um for me I kind of prefer the old school races where they're just there's less height um there's not drones going overhead taking pictures of the runners and it's just you know you finish and and you know everyone's sitting there and having a barbecue and that that's the end and that's kind of the race I like to do anyway Um, and I've never felt pressure ever from sponsors to, to change that. Um, you know, I'm sure there is there, I'm sure there it's different for everybody, but, um, for me, they've just, they've been wonderful and, you know, they have certain number of races maybe they'd like you to do right now. Everything's mixed up for everyone. So we're kind of all in that mode of, of not doing that. Luckily, there's enough local ones where there's just races I like to do. And so I'll, I'll do races, but. Um, I'm not always seeking out the the huge races that maybe other runners are looking to do. Um, yeah. We have a lot of great like, great local races out here too. We do, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. So I was was there any um, did you worry at all about just in pregnancy and then having to 
like not being able to run with sponsorship, just being like a professional runner. Did that kind of mess with you at all? Um, no, I mean, cause I've never, for me, it's never been a level of where that's my income at all. I, when I was pregnant with my oldest, I was running, um, Pearl Izumi had an ultra running team. So and I was running with them and, um, I honestly, I don't really remember there being like that being an issue. Um, and it, like I said, it wasn't my livelihood. So it's probably different for runners who that's their income and that's how they're making a living. For me, it's always really been a hobby. It's just, it's a great bonus if I get to, you know, be supported by awesome companies. But, um, if I, if that were to be, um, what I needed to do versus what I wanted to do, I don't think I would enjoy it in the same way. So, um, it's always for me just been a hobby. Um, it's just a, you know, I like to push and see what I can do, but it's never been more than a hobby. Um, it's just a hobby that I really like to do a lot. And you do well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool. And, and, um, I also, I, I read somewhere that you, I, well, actually, I'm not sure when it was, maybe it was recent. Um, but just you talking about your adventure runs, you also just did a, an FKT, didn't you? Um, was that recent? I, last, last summer in Michigan, I did a little one and then I've done, the big one I did was in Arkansas a few years ago. I, I'm not sure. Is that the one you're yeah Yeah. Ozark? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's probably my all time favorite thing I've ever done, uh, before it's, there's a, I have a, like a, um, crazy obsession with Arkansas. There's a race I go to every year. It's called three days of Silamo. Um, and, um, I think this was my 10th year going. So I went before kids, both my kids have gone. Um, and so I always go back. The race director of that race has become a really good friend of mine. Um, so that became how I kind of got to know Arkansas and the trails and the race director of three days, he and another guy who was often at three days, um, they had the FKT on the Ozark Highlands trail. And then they, and then a, a woman came and broke theirs by two hours. And it was, I don't, I don't even know. I think I mentioned once to Billy Simpson that I wanted to maybe try it. And he immediately calls up Steve, the race director. I get a call from Steve. He's like, I hear you're coming, you know, to Arkansas. When are we, I'm on your team or whatever. And, um, it was a year I had done, I did Cascade Crest that year and then I hurt my hamstring. And so I, it was like never a for sure that I was going to be able to do it. And then a month before I had gotten some dry needling done and it felt good enough that I kind of jumped the gun and got a ticket and called him up and I'm like, I'm coming. And there wasn't really necessarily specific training for it. It was um, kind of, uh, let's just go and see how it goes. But I had the best, um, I think, I think why I liked it so much was the group of people that helped me along the way. Cause it was Steve and Greg who had had the record. And then I had a good friend of mine, Chris Block from Arkansas, and then um, two gals that I had never met before, and they both jumped in one round 20 with me, and then one, um, her name's Faye, she's in her early 20s, and she ran the whole second night with me, the whole last 40 miles, which took an insanely wow. a long amount of time, um, and she was wonderful, and it was just, I think, doing something for, you know, it took two and a half days, um, where all these people are you know, they're out there helping you through the night. And it was, I mean, it was freezing cold at nighttime and they were just the best group. And so there was something really special about having like the French, you can form really, really strong friendships 
in like a, sh a short amount of suffering time. And we'd already, you know, the guys that already been good friends with, but these, these girls that I'd never met were, I, I just, they were wonderful. So that was really special, but I think it was so special because of the people that did it with me, not necessarily just doing this trail. Um, right. But yeah, I do really like Arkansas. I want to go back and do it again. <laughs> it's, on, it's on my, it's on my short list for sure. We'll see. To go back and do that same trail again and like yeah. Yeah. So, so I got the record that year. And then this last year, um, a guy broke it by about an, an hour and something. And okay. even before that, I'd always thought, you know, when you do something and then when I was done, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And yeah. then within a week, you just learn so much from it. And there's so many things that I already know I would do differently that it would be that you just want to go and, and see what you can do next. Like with actually yeah. like planning it and, and actually bringing like a GPS that has the route where I won't get lost. <laughs> just little things where like I could, I would like to see what I could do after having experienced it. And, um, right. yeah, so we'll, it's we'll see. We'll see if that yeah. works. The whole thing was pretty spontaneous. I mean, you had it was. Heard. Yeah. 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 So it would be great to train for it a little bit and, and be more specific in it. But I honestly, it's sort of like that Western state. Sometimes when you go in with no expectations, um, I knew I had to finish because I felt like these people are dedicating their whole weekend to me. And the the two guys that had done it before were probably great to have because they'd been there and they know how rough it feels. So there's not really any point in complaining along the way because they've done it. So they're probably not going to have a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I knew it was, you know, I knew I needed to finish it if I was going to start it. But other than that, I just kind of, I didn't really go in with a whole lot of expectations. Um, and I think that worked in my favor for that. And, you know, if I do it again, obviously maybe being a little more intentional would probably help too, but for something I'd never done that far before, I kind of liked that approach. And just yeah. honestly, I'd, I'd been on, I've been on lots of trails in Arkansas, but I hadn't been on this specific one. So everything was brand new and um, I didn't even really know all I, I bought the guidebook and I brought the maps and that was my sort of uh, prepping for it. <laughs> um, so now at least I know a little more of what I'm getting in for uh, and what the trails like a little better too. How far was it? Did you say um, it's 165 miles and it goes um, it goes from Fort Smith State Park over to the Buffalo River. And the thing about Arkansas is it's it's very rocky and that trail is not there's sections of it that are well used. Some of the more popular sections and people do sometimes through hike it, but it's not like a really um, it's not a hugely popular trail for through hiking. So there'll be sections where the trail's great and you can find it. And then there's sections where it's just, it's all, you can't even find the tread of the trail and it's rocks and it's covered. Mm. Um, and so, and it, a good time to do it is fall and winter because in the summer there, it's so hot and it's really buggy in the ticks. So the idea is to try to hit it before the leaves all fall off the tree and cover it completely but when it's a state you don't live in, you have to just make, you know, an airline ticket and hope you you nailed it right because it can change just based on weather and everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the trail, it took me by surprise. I would I would definitely say it's a better hiker trail than running trail because, it, I mean, there were so many down trees and so many places where there just wasn't a real trail to, to follow. But um, it's easy to forget that part and just remember, like, the, the cool parts and the waterfalls and being like, I want to go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as I hit the trail again, I'll remember why I said I would never do it again. But, um, yeah, it's so different than our West Coast trails, which are pretty buffed out. And obviously, like, you know, things like the PCT here and stuff are very easy to follow. But 
um, it's not quite the case there for sure. Yeah, that's so neat. Could you tell us more about three days? Because I haven't yeah. ever heard of it. It's that. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, it is a stage race in the Ozarks up in northern Arkansas. So it's about two, two and a half hours gosh, north, maybe northeast. I don't know. Um, it's <laughs> away from Little Rock from the airport. Um, and it's it's been going on for... 15 years. Um, Steve Kirk, who's the race director, he just passed on the reins to um, another person for next year, but he and his family started it. So his daughter was pretty young when they first did it. And now she still comes back and does the timing and she's in her twenties now. Um, and it's, so it's three days. So the first day is always about a 50 K he changes the courses each year. Um, and so 50 K is like, I think this year was 35 miles. Last year was maybe like 30. So it, you never quite know what you're getting. And then the second day is a 50 miler. And then the last day is usually the same. It's a 20K, but it's, it's probably closer to 13 and a half miles. And for the most part, it's the same course. And he just changes the direction of it each year. It's like a lollipop loop. And the same people come back year after year. So it's really just kind of like this fun family reunion in the in the Ozarks and it's very low key um people can come and just do one day or they can do all three days and so many of the people who do all three days are the same people year after year um and people kind of come from all over but you go you got kind of the cohort area of Arkansas and and maybe neighboring states um but it feels like once someone comes and does it they usually return and I think it's just because it's it's kind of a unique race. You don't get a lot of stage races around. And um, and then just that atmosphere of it. I mean, after the 50 miler, they have like a folk um, group of these guys from from Mountain View, which is one of the nearby towns is kind of known for their folk festival. And um, they kind of play music and um, they cook dinner every night there. So you all eat together at this. It's um, staged at a campground um, called Blanchard Springs. Um, right near some caves. And so families come out and my dad actually has run it the whole thing. Uh, my husband's run it. Uh, every year I often bring like a, a fresh friend to try it out. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it's one of those where I've tried to go back each year if I can. There, the years I took off were obviously when I had the girls and I think there was one year I just couldn't swing the childcare part of it. But when both girls were little, uh, my youngest came when she was six months with me. And my husband came with her. And then um, my oldest, I think she was nine months. And my dad actually volunteered to come with me. And oh he watched God. her during the race. So uh, oh I'm lucky God. that I've got family willing to jump in. And then often um, Josh's mom will fly from Minnesota and come and stay with our girls, too, and help if I go. So uh, it, the whole family kind of makes it happen. And that I feel like I sort of have this Arkansas family now. Um, out in Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> and I, awesome. you know, I've never known. I don't, uh, way back, I just kind of did it on a whim. It was, you know, before kids. And I think I was running for Montreal that year, and the race director also was. So he threw out like two Montreal, um, you know, free entries. And I was like, well, I've never been to Arkansas. This sounds fun. I'll give it a try. And I would have never known that, you know, doing that on a whim would start like this kind of annual tradition. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I know. I'm just thinking 
like Arkansas, so random. I know. (laughs) You know what? I feel like Arkansas is a hidden, it's like this hidden gem of trails that people don't realize. I mean, it's really, it's got great mountain biking trails. Um, This race each day is on different trails there. So there's hundreds of miles of trails. There's a whole network of mountain bike trails. And then there's these trails along um, the creek. And then it does connect with parts of the Ozark Highlands Trail. And um, yeah, so maybe we shouldn't tell everyone how awesome it is there. (laughs) A neat area for sure. Yeah. Cool. And I love that your family is so, so, so supportive of you. They just, yeah. You know, well, I mean, well, I, all of them. Yeah. I mean, my parents, his parents, and if it, obviously if that weren't the case, I don't think I would, I wouldn't do what, what I do if it wasn't, I think, you know, it helps that my husband, Josh is an athlete too, cause he gets it. But it's also it makes it a challenge, too, because then he also wants to get in different. He does a mixture of, you know, triathlons and running. So he's biking, swimming and running. And um, and so he recently this year got onto Zwift. And so it's kind of nice because he can be downstairs on that and I can go somewhere if it's early morning or, you know, we we figure out we have a very during the school year, we have a very tight systematic schedule who gets to go win and you don't mess with that <laughs> you don't take the other person's window is kind of <laughs> how we have it all worked out during the school year yeah that's nice I don't have to worry about that my husband doesn't run he works a lot but <laughs> yeah I mean every, you got everyone's got something to plan around right I mean it's yeah it's finding time however you can you can find it for sure yeah, yeah. and there is you just you look at just mothers that are still doing ultras and yeah, you just know that there's so much support going behind that because you just can't, you can't do it alone. Not the big, not the big races. Right. No. And I, I do like, you know, you kind of hear that ultras are a, a sort of a selfish sport and I, and I totally get that. Like, I mean, it is, you are asking a lot of time to yourself, but um, that is why I like trying to incorporate the family into it to kind of make it not so much as that, you know, if, if we can plan our races around trips that we want to take anyway, or if we're already traveling somewhere and there's a race there that we can go to, but, um, you know, it's it, not to say that it doesn't sometimes all just not work out. You know, there's, there's days where I get that, like when you want to leave and then the kids are like, don't go or something, like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. My husband like, go, they're fine once you're gone. But it's like <laughs> dragging my feet. And like, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I still definitely, it's not that it's seamless all the time for sure, but we uh, try to figure out ways to make it as seamless as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always say it's good quality time because we have two girls too. So it's good quality uh-huh. okay. time with dad. And the two yeah, girls. When absolutely. I yeah. Well, and that's why I love, you know, when, when Josh's mom comes and watches them, because then I feel like they get grandma time and they'll also be a lot more responsive to her if I'm not right there. I feel like they definitely act out more if I'm present. So sometimes sure. she gets maybe nicer time with them. And so even though I'm gone, I know that they're happy and they get time with grandma and grandma gets time with them. So that eases the, the guilt of it too. Um, yeah. But, and then too, we just um, don't, pick big lots of races to travel to it's it's kind of like one for the year maybe and then kind of plan around that a bit yeah yeah (laughs) so so much go ahead what no there's just so much you know there's so much to balance but go ahead Steph well talking about balance you also coach right 
I do. Yeah. You have yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and the coaching, it, it started a few years ago, just sort of randomly Matt and Julie Urbanski from the team run run. They were wanting some more female coaches. It, it was pretty small back then. I think there was like six or seven coaches and now it's obviously grown quite a bit. Um, and I was just kind of doing some on my own randomly, like someone would maybe be training for Angela's crest or something and knew I had run it and just kind of asked and, so I'd done a few just here and there a little bit um, for it was it was nice because when I went to grad school down in California, they have something called grad assistance. And so in return for grad school, you coach you're like an assistant coach at the college. And so it, you get free grad school in return for coaching. And so it was kind of nice, like getting that little bit of experience back then. And then my husband is like, he coaches cross country and track here and sisters. Hmm. Um, and so it kind of was, you know, having a little bit of that and then just working with some people at races and then it just kind of has grown. And it's, I love it because I feel like the, you know, these, the people that I'm coaching become like friends. And there was a gal recently out here and her race out here had been canceled. And so she decided to run. There's a loop around the three sisters that you can do. And so I got to run out and bring some supplies out there to her and like meet her in person finally. And, um, it's, it's just neat to get to be a part of someone else's, you know, adventure or seeing someone finish their first hundred and kind of knowing what that feels like and getting to be like a very small piece of that. Um, it works. I feel like it's a great side for what I like to do anyway and mm-hmm. getting to kind of share that with someone else's is, is neat. So yeah, it's a little side job, but it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like a neat, you know, just it, a part of what I like to do already and help other people do it too. Um, and that's a nice one that I can do from home. It's funny. I thought I'd have all this extra time um, when I wasn't working, but then the kids weren't in school. So then that just kind of goes out the yeah. door because they see you on a computer and then they like to say, well, you're on a screen. Why can't I be on a screen and trying to explain well, this, is, this is work. And yeah. um, so I try to, I almost kind of try to do it after they're in bed or if they're preoccupied because, you know, we're trying to fight that like too much on a screen thing and then they don't really differentiate what you're doing on the screen and my husband has to do meetings and zoom on screen so I don't want him to think that this is like our new norm and that that's okay for them to do all the time so uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a kind of a, a juggling act there yeah 2020 <laughs> has surely dealt some difficulties <laughs> oh my goodness I know well and then their their school becomes online so then they're on these screens you know to do their schooling and um, yeah, it's, this year has just been wacky all around. Yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah. our neighbors, um, their kids go to school. We live over by Bear Creek Elementary School in Bend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, I, the screen thing was really, um, it's like my friend was saying how her boys, you know, she would get them outside a lot cause they're really active and they hit yeah. the trails, but it would take them like they'd go camping and it'd take a couple days for the boys to like actually reset, like in like their mind, like they, yeah. they needed yeah. the, the refreshing, just no screens. I, it was, it's, it's been weird. It's been a weird. Yeah, absolutely. And I, in a way it was like, you know, we were, when we were emailing and I was telling about my daughters into all the baking, they were doing fractions with their math. And I found, I finally just like switched it over. And with the baking, I mean, you do so much fraction without really realizing it. And anytime I try to sit down with her and do it, 
mathematically, she would just resist. And so I was finding different, like that was a great way to incorporate the fractions in a different way than, you know, sitting on the screen or trying to do it in a math book. And so I, I feel like if next year we are at, at home again, um, trying to come up with better ways to maybe teach some of the same lessons, but not necessarily just sitting and listening on a screen. And she would have a hard time sitting and listening for a 20, 30 minute math lesson as is would anybody. So um, it's, it's kind of nice when you can find other ways to have them learn what they need to learn a little bit anyway. And and then not, and kind of sneak it in. (laughs) Like playing Mm -hmm. skills too. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And I get lots of treats at home because she's into all that baking. So we all win. (laughs) Yeah. Your your post run fuel. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I get you know cream puffs one day and uh, gotta keep it running. So jealous. Like sweet baked goods are my my thing. Yes. Luckily, my husband will do the baking more with her because they she'll stay calmer with him because she gets kind of easily frustrated sometimes. And um, she for a while was doing um, Zoom baking with a friend so they would call each other on one day and pick a recipe and then the next day we would have the computers and they would bake in their own kitchens but kind of like do it together through zoom um and so she would they would you know make a meal together but at their own kitchens and um so that was kind of a fun way to feel like she was still having you know some interactions with the peer and and then just working through that but um, you know, even something like that, like one day it started to go south and she got frustrated and threw like a whole tantrum on Zoom in front of, you know, other families. <laughs> like, can you please hit that like mute button really quickly? Right. <laughs> well, it's not as close as minuses, but in the end, I usually get some good food out of it at the end. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Ha- yeah. Has has being a, a preschool teacher helped you in your mothering? I'm curious. I, yeah, you know, it's so funny because I feel like I can be so patient with someone else's kids a lot better. <laughs> I, but it is sometimes it's hard to sometimes switch back and forth because the the way you talk at preschool and then come home to like a nine-year-old and it, you know, switch you back and forth. But it started out working really well because I used to teach elementary school, like when we lived in California and then we moved here and had kids and when Raya, my oldest, was 15 months, uh, a friend knew I used to teach and they were looking for a preschool teacher for a co-op uh, little preschool that they had. So that's kind of how I got into it. And it worked out great because it was three mornings a week. One of the moms watched her while I did the preschool. And then the next year it evolved into I joined um, our preschool here is through Sisters Parks and Rec. And so that co-op was just for one year. So then I joined with them and it's it w- worked out so great was I was able to do it part-time so then also be able to still mom. Um, and even as they, this is the first year where both my girls were in school, but I kept it four days a week teaching so that then I had that one day to kind of coach and maybe do some of the other things. Um, and so it, it was really nice when, you know, when my, although I did have my oldest in my preschool class and that was a challenge. So then when my younger daughter reached that age, we have a three, four class and a four, five. So I actually switched teaching uh, to a different year that year and taught the three, four when she was in the four five, just so that I wasn't teaching my own child and then swapped, you know, the opposite year. So I was lucky that I had some, you know, coworkers that were flexible and, and let that, that, let that work. But um, yeah, I feel like, you know, being a mom sort of helped with the teaching and then the teaching definitely 
it would help me come up with just some ideas, but I I'll admit like it's different when it's your own kids. And I, I can like say all the right things in front of a preschool class and then get home and think that I'm going to be as calm and say those right things at home and not always do that as well. (laughs) Well, the intentions are there. It doesn't always, the follow through is not always. Totally. Kids listen. So I had to drop them off. Um, We don't have daycare this week. So I had to drop them off with a friend and her mom. And she's like, your girls are such good listeners. And they were so well behaved all day. And I'm like, Okay, what about when I'm home and it's me and they don't want to listen to me? It's <laughs> they so listen to other people. True. Everyone says though, though, it's if your kids behave for others, that's like a great sign. And then they just feel the most comfortable with you, so it all comes yeah. out. I, I know my oldest, like she is the one who struggles with her emotions, and all day long at school she does great. And mm-hmm. so when I pick her up, it's like that's finally things it's a all kind of it, it is. And yeah. that's where sometimes I actually would um I would take the double stroller and I'd take it to work and I'd leave it at the school. And then if I got off before the girls, I'd go home and then I would run to pick up and then I'd grab them both and put them in the stroller. And we'd have like this hour, even though my daughter was like way too old for the stroller, but just to throw the bags in and, and just walk home and have an hour to kind of decompress before we get into the next activity. And I found that that would help a lot because she could kind of be outside and vent whatever she needed to vent. Um, if she needed to get something out and march down the road or however at work, we have a little uh, fire road that I could take and not be on a busy road with them. And that was like a great way to kind of double everything up. I got a little run in, then we all got outside. She had that chance to kind of have a transition period before whatever we did next. And um, that has, that soup was super helpful for some of those days with her for sure. Yeah. That's that really makes- smart. Yeah, yeah, I, that sounds so good. I read somewhere that when kids are having, especially like younger kids, when they're having a hard time to either get them in water or get them outside. Mm-hmm. It's like the bathtub or outside or a pool or something. And that has been a it's lifesaver. It's so true. It is it's so true. true. And, and it's not even just for them. It's for me too. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll be going insane because yeah. it's like, they're just, they're your your angels, you love them so much, but then they're also like, they know how to like push those push buttons, buttons that, yes. yeah, that uh-huh. no one can ever touch. And then <laughs> it's like, as soon as you get outside, it's like, oh, okay. And then yeah. they get to be exploring and looking at yeah. sticks and rocks and, you know, and it's just, yeah. we can all calm down a little bit. Absolutely. We've gotten into, do you guys know what geocaching is? Yeah. It's- so that's one way we've kind of made hiking a little more fun. So it's you, you know, use a GPS and there's like people have geocaches that they'll put the GPS coordinates. And so we find hikes where then there's GPS or there's geocaches. And so they can kind of use the GPS and go look for the geocache along the hike. And that's one way to spice up the hiking where it doesn't, it's not called hiking. It's called like scavenger hunting. Yeah, <laughs> we even got my daughter a metal detector. My parents got a metal detector for her birthday. And oh um, so that's like been a nice sort of addition to, you know, during all this crazy time, like when you want to, you know, your kids don't get to play with other kids suddenly. And, um, and then the hiking just sounds like they kind of complain to that. And so the geocaching was kind of one of our ways to get outside, get all that energy out, but also like some of them have little prizes inside them. And um, we we found geocaches like at the bottom of a lake or on a little island or, you know, just they're everywhere when you're looking for them. If you, you know, we 
we first started it years ago on a road trip and found some outside a hotel. And um, so that's like a great little tip as far as, you know, getting kids outside mm-hmm. somewhere with a extra bonus to it, I guess you could call it. Nice. <laughs> yes. My son would love that. Oh yeah. yeah. It's kind of, I've heard of it. I've, we've never done it, but it's like he loves right now. He's really into pirates and treasure. Uh-huh. And, yes. But then you, you call know, it a treasure hunt. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, it's sort of getting creative how to get them all outside of this, you know, time. It, it's so much help more helpful right now with the summer weather, but it felt like when everything was shutting down back in March, it was like, we were having terrible weather. It was, mm-hmm. you know, rainy and cold and, um, like you said, when they get outside, it's so helpful and it's harder to drag them out when it's pouring rain outside. So yeah. it's nice that we're into the the good summer months where we can do it a little easier too. Yeah. my So my older daughter loves the rain, but I have to tell her that when it's lightning out, we can't really go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely have lightning out in Minnesota. Yes, yeah. we have a lot. Yeah. 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 But if it's just a rainstorm, then we'll, we'll go out when we run around and splash in puddles and she just yeah. loves it. So, oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's been over an hour. So, that was really fast. I know it's nice to have some adult conversation. It is know? so nice. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I know. wish we could talk forever. We just, but, yeah, we love it. And I, I so loved hearing your story, Ashley. Thank you for sharing all of this gold wisdom with us. It is. It's And it makes it feel like ultra running is so much more attainable than what I first thought or like, especially the long, long runs, hundred miles stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Very inspiring (laughs) To, to run and to mom a little more creatively. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all about getting creative, right. To figure out how to, to make it all juggle together. Exactly. So before we let you go, we always ask our guests two questions at the end. Um, the first one is what is your favorite race you've ever done? Probably gonna have to say three days of Stilamo. Um, my, the Arkansas race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as far as maybe if I had to pick, um, like maybe one for say scenery, uh, Bighorn up in the, in Wyoming is another one that just is pretty epic for just the, the scenery of it. But I think three days, just the whole atmosphere and just the friends that I made from there would, it's the one I've gone back to the most. So it must be one I yeah. really like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You I love, love that. It. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then our second question is um, your favorite meal you like to eat with your family, eat or cook for your family. Yeah, that's a great one because we just barbecued outside last night. Um, I would say things that we can eat outside. Um, I told Nikki pizza is always like a good one for our family. I have really one really picky eater. It's terrible. Um, And so cheese pizza is always like a go-to. So we, um, I would say pizza and barbecuing are our best family ones to do. And we make, we yeah. make the pizza, like make the dough and kind of make yeah. it all together. Nice. Yeah. Or I should actually, my husband and my daughter make it usually. I eat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm giving credit where it's not really due right now. <laughs> That's okay. I love that. It's a family Just let her cook. activity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so actually you did, you had told me, um, in an email, you had talked about, um, 
your daughter, how, how she just reads cookbooks for fun. And then you have a couple of cookbooks that you like. Could you, could you share those? And we can link to them in our show notes. Yeah. Um, thank, I have, okay. I have one right here. So um, it's America's, I don't know if you can see it. It's America's test kitchen. So I guess there's, it's an adult series, but they have a kid's version. I didn't know anything about cookbooks until my daughter, but she has this one's the complete cookbook. And then she also has the complete, I think it's bake book series. Um, so that's one of them. And then there's another series she has, and I can't remember the name, um, but I, I think I sent you the link, can link it, but it has one of the books that's really neat is it's an international one and it has kids from all over the world and kind of what are common, um, foods there. Although the one they have for Americans is s'mores, which I kind of felt gypped. I'm like, we have a lot better food than s'mores. Um, <laughs> they do have like all over. So she made, um, like, uh, she did tabbouleh and zatar bread one night and made kind of like a whole meal Eastern meal. And so that's kind of fun. Just, she's really into reading about kids all over, like kids here or kids in other countries. So that kind of tapped into that interest with her. And then it's great. She learns about what other, you know, kids might eat and tries different foods and finds things with ingredients that are really hard to find. So we have yeah. to get, oh, go to yeah. some different places. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll link that one or you can link what that one's called. I just can't remember off the top of my head what it is. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. So we'll link cool. it. So neat. And she's, yeah. she's kind of, you know, she's getting a lot more than just, food out of these cookbooks or like you know, especially yeah. the global one her mind is being opened by different places and cultures and yeah have you guys well, traveled just randomly have you guys traveled um, um, as a family internationally? not internationally but every summer except this summer we normally take a road trip to Minnesota so we have a pop-up camper and so we drive across the U.S. and spend usually like a month to five weeks on the road so this would have been our fifth year doing it I think um and so we travel and go to just stop at different states and go to um different national parks or we pick campgrounds my husband and I try to find campgrounds that have good trails <laughs> yeah but we also find campgrounds that have fun water parks and you know things too but yeah. um so we travel a lot within the U.S. we have not traveled internationally that would be yeah. I would love to do that. I've never raced internationally, mostly. Um, it was the year that Pearl sent everyone to UTMB was the year I got pregnant with my oldest. So then the next year was Leadville. <laughs> so that was the <laughs> one. But um, one day I would love to go, you know, pick a, a race somewhere in Europe and, and travel as a family over there for sure. Yeah. Fun. I just picture your daughter loving it. <laughs> oh, she would. I mean, she would probably be able to tell us all about, you know, all the places and yeah, the language and everything. She's a big, big reader. So anything like that's her kind of passion. So whether it's reading cookbooks or, or I'm sure she would pick up guidebooks and read those and figure things out. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she could do some trail research. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for your time and for being on here. Yeah, great no, yeah. thank you for having me. That's, it's an honor to be able to chat with you guys. Like I said, it's nice to talk with grownups, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we don't get to as often now. I kind of miss all the girl times with, with girlfriends and everything. So. Me, too. <laughs> so hopefully soon we'll do more of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
Today we have a special offer from Brave. Brave is an overnight breakfast that is nutritionally optimized with a short list of ingredients like raw nuts, fruits, spices, oats, chia seeds, and hemp hearts. Brave takes 30 seconds to prepare the night before. You add any kind of milk you want, leave overnight, wake up, and it will keep you fueled and focused for whatever the day may bring. It's a modern breakfast for busy humans. It's plant-powered. There's no added sugar. There's actually under 10 grams of natural sugar per package. And there are three awesome flavors, mocha chip, tropical coconut, and apple spice. And they're all delicious. And you can buy packages individually or you can make up subscription boxes. And we have a special code for our listeners. To get 20% off your first order, you can enter in TREELINE20, which is T-R-E-E-L-I-N-E-2-0, for a deal. Yeah. So make sure to go to eatbrave.co and put in the coupon code TREELINE20 for 20% off your first order. Mm-hmm. I, I love that it was like her, she said the most she's run for a hundred miler was 20 miles at a time. And or I just, itch. I mean, itch, in general, itch. that's her yes. sweet spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying like, that seems so much more attainable than doing like a 50 mile training run one day. She said she did adventures and that kind of stuff with friends, but just the, like her approach as a mom to really long races was really refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It It's doable and it's realistic because, I mean, I just loved, I loved hearing how she does try to balance the mom life and the running life and the, yeah, yeah. the wife life. And, you know, just because there is a lot going on behind our scenes when we're trying to train for these things and all the support that goes into it. And I thought she had a lot of creative tips and ways to like decrease the mom guilt and, um, just like get the family involved in the running. It was just, it was awesome. It was really, I loved, I just loved it all. I did too. She was a great, great person to talk to. And Mm -hmm. I wish that we had talked a little bit more about, um, like her coaching or being, sponsored but for her she said it's just a hobby which is really nice too that these so rabbit is her sponsor right now and that they're just kind of like you can do whatever you want it's not like they're putting pressure on her it doesn't seem like they are putting mm-hmm. pressure on her to get you know these big races mm-hmm. yeah I love how down to earth she is and yeah. even I mean just her attitude is so and and her love of actually like the the low-key trail races yeah. you know because those are those are so special and I think um that's such a cool part of the trail running community in general mm-hmm. and I just like that it doesn't have to be like big hype for her to yeah. have that race be worthwhile to go to you know exactly. I just love it yeah mm-hmm. So if you enjoyed this conversation today, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review. That helps a lot. And then you can also share it with your mom tribe. Um, that helps get the word out about it. And 
um, just helps us support uh, more moms that are trying to still run ultra marathons. Yeah. So it's all good. And then also you can subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter at treelinejournal.com. That's uh, my husband Chase and I's website. We send out one email a week and we'll have kind of the latest uh, articles and episode information, show notes, that kind of thing. If you want to stay in the loop that way. And if you have questions or comments or you just want to reach out to us, you can reach out at runhardmomhard at gmail.com or you can go to the show notes below and click on the link for Anchor and you can leave us a voice message. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. Okay, yeah. that's it for today. Go run, go run hard, hard, mom hard. <laughs> yeah. Hard. Run hard, mom hard. Uh, run hard, mom hard. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are such good listeners. And I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm glad that they listen to you. And kind of love jumpsuits. I never I don't. Suits. I've never had one. Not that I'm buying clothes right now, but I know. a girl can dream, right? Yes. Hey, the world That's is yours for $12. What golden nuggets she had for us. <laughs> Was that not a good outcome? <laughs> it sounded a little aggressive. Should we just like cut this? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, are we like on right now or are we off? <laughs> you want me to start with my golden nuggets? Dial it back. Dial it back. <laughs> Monotone. What golden bloopers of just <laughs> I, I can hear you, but you're very quiet. What? Hello. <laughs> it's, it's, it's... Yes, I do have a favorite thing. What is that? What is that? Hold up. Hold the phone. <sighs> Velociraptor in there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, have a really crazy Minnesota winter adventure. Yes. I, I say I love the North, and I love that kind of stuff, so I should back up my words. Are I you am. ready, girlfriend? I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> that was just a glitch. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah.